0: Six minutes past ten o'clock. I'll stop waffling on. Let's get to Jamie Wool and talk about Super Rugby. Super Rugby because it was a super round of super rugby. Although I'm sure Jamie's probably got some thoughts on the black caps we can lead away with that. Morning, mate, how are you? <laughs> Morning,
1: mate. Uh do I have to talk about the black caps? I feel like you you talk about guys are doing a pretty good job of doing that okay. themselves Okay, Move and... on
0: then. <laughs> Skim over it. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh, I mean I I will I will say I will say one thing. It was incredibly disappointing. And but unfortunately I'm not actually that surprised uh, yeah. at what happened. Um sure. but uh had they had they the most disappointing thing was had they actually managed to bat out the day, it's absolutely heaving down in Wellington right now, so yeah, they there was there was that
0: chance of the rain saving them at one point. <laughs> right it's just somebody said it take it easy on them at least we made it to day four well no we made it to day four i said well, we didn't really we made it to <laughs> we made it to lunch on day four We she didn't make it to lunch on day four so it's not that great well anyway you were watching a lot of the footy over the weekend uh, i caught bits and bobs of it i tried i did my best i did my i, I held my post as a a uh Cantabrian, and I watched the Crusaders on Saturday night, and that was pretty disappointing, to be honest. I was ho- hopeful the young brigade would be able to take the torch, but, um, man, they looked a little bit discombobulated at times, and I thought David Harvey looked like he's had a long, long, long off season.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was really disappointing from the Crusaders because, obviously, they, they dropped their first game against the Chiefs, but at least in that game, uh, they mounted that big comeback, they were leading um, towards the end, uh, and it took everything the Chiefs had, and the Chiefs obviously being a very good side themselves, to knock them over. This game was just bad. Like, it was, uh, they, they, they never really, I mean, they started okay, I mean, I think they scored a try in the first couple of minutes, but then after that, they completely let, let the Waratahs back into the game. A team that really doesn't have any right. Uh, to be to be given that sort of allowance. Um, I will say the Waratahs did play very well though. You know they 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 grabbed the chance. Jake Gordon was was absolutely outstanding um, for them, uh, and they do have some good young players and some some decent outside backs. But really though, e- even with the Crusaders uh, losing, you know their experienced players, new coach, and and a lot of young guys in there. They still, on paper, should have won this game Mm. relatively easily. Uh, You would think so. I think now, um, I still think the sample size of what the Crusaders have put together is too small to sort of write them off. And I'm definitely not going to write the Crusaders off. Uh, But at the same time, I'm. I I think we'll know after a couple more weeks whether this is a blip or whether it's a problem. Um, But one other thing is that I mean, I, I would. I hate to have been around Rob Penny at the end of that game because he would have been looking at that picture being like, right, it's time to settle some scores here. Uh, and then for him to go out and have the Waratahs beat him uh, as well and have uh, Darren Coleman, the guy who took over him, sitting in the press conference talking about how, how
0: many beers he was going to have that night to celebrate, that must <laughs> hurt. Yeah, t- tipping all the journo's to nine dollars. I thought that was kind of on. The, it was pretty marginal at chat actually, but I didn't care obviously as a punter. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty bad to watch. And I, the thing is, they've got so many. Um, I've got so many institutional players still in, and people, backroom staff still in the building. Like I, I'm not thinking they're not going to iron it out, but they need to. Uh, bring up to speed this new brigade of player to kind of get to the Crusader standard quick. And the issue is for them, they have to go to, so they go to Fiji, right? Then they have the Hurricanes who will have their tails up. Then they have the Blues who will be so motivated to make a statement against them. And then they have the Chiefs again before they have the Waratahs again. So they've got to actually run a gauntlet before they get back to the Waratahs force rebels uh, Reds Highlanders where they can definitely pick up some wins and they you know in all honesty like there's every chance they might be um, 2 and 3 or, or 1 and 4 uh, going into that kind of easy period so that is the concerning thing they don't have a lot of time so when Scott Barrett said they will be better because they have to be better he actually is meaning that they have no choice
1: well they can't get any worse uh, from, what I've, from what I saw so there's that um, and yeah you're right the draw looking at the draw it is Difficult um, for them. Um, I I just kind of wonder about this weekend uh, with the the draw. Uh, like obviously, yes, they're a different team at home, but they've they've been pretty flat so far. Uh, like I hope they're not just banking on the fact that they they all just turn into like asterix type supermen when they play in Fiji, uh, because that's not a very good way of going about a season. Because if you can only win at home, then you're not going to get a home playoff. Um, and you're not going to go any further in the competition. So mm. I think, yeah, I think also going away and being in a situation like that, you know, under pressure and in uh, difficult conditions um, that you find up in Fiji, if they can pull off a win there, that might be the sort of turning point that can turn them around. What am, what am I even saying? Like, what, I don't care. Like, this is Crusaders. Like, I, I'm them to lose. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's it. <laughs> like, that, that, there's, there's, there's an, I'm not, panicking but I also am not going to just going to be blind to the fact that there is a little bit of an uphill battle here Um, look the Highlanders probably will be kicking themselves don't you think if we go all the way back to Friday I I saw some of your commentary on Twitter about the game and I thought you made some good points there are a couple of moments that the Blues managed to win which is really good for the Blues it's really promising that they're starting to be able to win those those moments, and it's not just, all oh, when it's good, it's good. When it's good, it's great. And when it's not good, it's really poor. They're actually sort of winning the nitty-gritty stuff, which is pom- promising as they build through the year. But, man, the Highlanders might not have too many better chances to win a big derby than what they had on Friday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you say they'll be kicking themselves. Well, I hope Sam Gilbert's not doing because he probably miss because that was one of the biggest problems. I don't know what had happened to him. He was, I think, the most accurate goal kicker in New Zealand Super Rugby last year, and he was perfect last week. And then he was kicking like the band in the pub all morning um, <laughs> on on Friday. But you're, you're absolutely right. They they had everything go their way uh, in the first half, and they were playing they were playing all the rugby. And it's not like the Blues were bad. It's just that the Highlanders were really good uh, mm. on, on that. And it was shaping up to be like, yeah, okay, this is going to be a really interesting um, second half. And then all of a sudden, Baylon Sullivan just laid a shot on Timothy... Taveta Taveta uh and then off a toeing a pass, he blasted Ethan DeGroote Groot and knocked the ball out of his hands. And then a hundred metres later, the Blues had scored, and then they never looked back. And it says a lot about the Blues that they could they could uh, do they could do that, and then their mental fortitude was like, no, we're just we're not letting these guys back in this game at all. We've we've established our lead, uh, and we're just going to shut them out. And they did. And I mean, I think the final score wasn't a reflection of how competitive that game was but at the same time it did really show like what good uh game management um the blues had had and so if you talk about how uh the sample size of the crusaders uh is too small like again it's probably too small to really make a big call on the blues right now but it's it's definitely looking good at the moment um but yeah you're absolutely right about how the highlanders will be looking at that being like damn we, we might not get a better chance other than that but if they can show up and play like that uh, in the first half and they can keep going um, for the for the 80 minutes they will they will cause a bit of trouble for some of the other teams uh, later on the season.
0: so if that form is true enough and, and then going back the week before like Moana Pacifica probably have to be really positive about where they've started what, what have you seen what's the main difference this year? In Moana Pacifica, obviously they've got a, a different coaching group there, and um, I think that there's probably a, a freshness to what they're doing, but they've got to be happy, don't they?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I think, uh, I think most people are happy for them as well because I think that despite all of the struggles and the um, you know, off-field issues that they've had, people want this team to do well. And not only are they they doing well, but they're playing really good rugby as well. Like that game against the the draw was really good to watch, um, and their their result last week against the Highlanders um, that was good to watch too. Uh, to answer your question, I, I'm 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 sure it's about ninety percent coaching. Like they've just brought in a completely fresh coaching staff with a whole new attitude of how to do things. Probably a bit more experience uh, in that staff um, as well. Uh, and it's just kind of given them a bit of a new vision they've got obviously their, their whole team has been kind of turned over a bit as well so it, it does kind of feel like they've really hit the reset button um so far so yeah it's 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 looking it's looking good uh they just need to be i think the one thing they need to do is just be consistent that doesn't mean they have to win every week they just the 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 issue so far was that what they would what they've been doing before was that they would be competitive in one game and then get absolutely flogged in the next couple. Um, They've got the Rebels uh, this weekend, which is a very winnable game for them. Um, So if they can get off to uh, three games in a row where they've played very well and and got two wins out of them, um, I think they'll be be feeling really buoyant um, about it. Um, The only issue is uh, them... Just figuring out where they're going to play, and it doesn't also help that the game uh, this is on Friday night, which is exactly the same time as the Warriors' season opener. No,
0: no, that doesn't. Although, you know, like it's not the world's worst thing for them to fly under the radar for a bit and chalk some results up and and get that column moving first. And um, like, I ultimately understand it's probably it's not great, but. Let's while they are in existence and while we've got this version of Super Rugby, maybe just enjoy some good times for them. And if that's on the field, well, then great. Uh, Jamie, I reckon the Chiefs would be as well balanced as a of a Super Rugby team as we've had um, probably outside the Crusaders over the last decade or so. They can get absolute ascendancy up front, and then they explode in the backs with. Um, well, I've found a couple of gun halfbacks, uh, when they are clicking, there's probably not a better team to watch, I don't think, so at this point, the way too early call of the year, it is theirs to lose for me It
1: certainly feels that way uh, because they're obviously building on uh, a season last year where they did everything but win it, uh, and out of all of the teams that have lost experienced players, and everyone's had that happen to them, uh, their, the depth that they've got has meant they've been able to absorb that those losses probably a bit better than everyone else. And also the key thing is that their coach has remained um, the same. Uh, and, and saying that, like, I, I was really disappointed by the Brumbies. Uh, they're, they're the only team over the weekend. And what was actually a really, really good weekend of rugby, like, I think we should make that, that clear, that, like, the Super round has its detractors, and fair enough, too, like, there's a lot of criticism over it and a lot of criticism just over Super Rugby in general. But you can't fault what we saw on the field over the weekend the players the coaches the officials all did their job to to pretty much put out a perfect advertisement for what this competition is um and even though the one team uh, the one there was one game that was obviously a blowout which is the one we're talking about even that was good to watch because at least you got to see one team you know full of really good young promising players and established all blacks play some really good rugby I think Damien McKenzie is, and Antoine Leonard-Brown are just the absolute keys um, for this team. Like, everything seems to run uh, through those guys, and they've got these good, young, hungry players inside and outside of them. And you mentioned um, halfbacks. I mean, Cortes Ratima came on and scored two tries. Xavier Rose should have had uh, two tries. You know, this like those guys are already putting themselves into sort of like all-black talk, um, this early in the season and but the one one area i was really really impressed by uh by the Chiefs was their their locking department well obviously they've lost broder italic but tupo by menaki selby rickett and um koi were all outstanding and um the last the latter two set up um those tries for ratima uh, to score so is you know that's when you, you take away bread and you replace it with guys like that who are capable of that sort of thing, like that just goes to show that your future-proofing is working really, really well. So, yeah, I'd have to agree that they're looking like the competition front runners right now.
0: The Canes uh, ended up in an arm wrestle getting over top of the Reds, which is good for them. I think we'll know more about them this weekend. Blues, Hurricanes, Saturday night is a mm. absolute ripper. That is, that's probably the first game um, outside of uh, the opening round where I'm I'm really, really excited, and that'll be a bit of a marker point. Early in the season, I know, but that'll be great. What are you writing about this week at RNZ? What are you looking at this week? What's uh, on your radar?
1: Well, I think it's going to be really a, a t- tough one for the Canes because obviously the Blues are playing well, and it looks like um, they're going to be without Geordie Barrett uh, because I can't see him getting out of that um, red card that he got without some sort of suspension um, on him. Uh, so, they're, they're, given how important he is to that Hurricanes team, um, I think that that's going to be something they're going to have to really overcome. I'm not, I wouldn't write them off, uh, but just given the way the Blues are playing, it's going to be quite a tough ask. It was a bit of a kind of, you know, uh, archetype. Hurricanes' performance, you know, that they, they kind of went in as, as favourites and let the Reds, who are a good team, it, it must be must be said, just go try for try for and just hang with them the whole time before they kind of pulled something out, out of their ass at the end to, to win it. I mm-hmm. um, thought Cam, Cam Roygaard was, was, was really good as well. Maybe he just got a bit of a uh, sting from watching Jordi Vuillon start ahead of him last week, so he felt like he had a bit of a point to prove, and he, and he did because he got a couple of tries as well. So it was a good weekend for halfbacks. Uh, but really, uh, I wouldn't be like super happy with that performance if I was a Kane, given that they they leaked a lot of points um, and had to go to extra time to win it. Um, but just back on Geordie Barrett, and we also saw another red card as well to uh, Jared Profit, the um, Chiefs replacement prop. It's like, why are we still seeing this happen, you guys? Like, what's what's going on here? Is That's the point now where it's like, well... You know, you can't fault the officials and, and, and the system for for removing them from the field and, and probably giving these guys suspensions as well. Um, but it doesn't seem to be stopping these things happening at all. Uh, like, when when's the onus going to shift to the coaches? You know, when's the onus going to shift to the fact that they're clearly not uh, training hard enough at tackling people below uh, the shoulders? Uh, because... That's that's something that Geordie, Geordie's hit in that in that game is something that would have got him suspended in AFL. That's a straight shirt front that he that he put on, um, uh, Jordan Petaia there, and it's like if you had gone to a World Cup, played in a World Cup final, where your captain got sent off for doing something similar, and clearly it ha- that hasn't even left an impression in your mind that hey I probably shouldn't be doing this sort of thing. Only a couple of games later. Like, how are we gonna? How on earth are we gonna fix this? That's the
0: question I'm going to be asking. It's a great question. Is it going to get to a point where these teams literally have uh, people go into their pre-seasons and they have to pass certain tests as teams to try and work out exactly how they're being coached? I don't know. I mean, how serious are they going to get to about that? It's not. It's a really good point you raised, though. I, I want to finish this one. I'll get you out on this. The Warriors come back this Friday. Is this a genuine case of a full competition like Super Rugby Pacific is actually under threat by the Warriors? Because they are going to, if things start going well, they are going to create so much attention and hype. If they can pick up where they left off, and you mentioned them, I just started thinking about it when you mentioned Moana Pacifica, it's not really like one team up against the Warriors. Is this not a competition up against the Warriors?
1: Yes, yes, to a point. Um, I think there's enough. Like there's the room rusted on rugby public, in,
0: but other than like the, yeah. the, the kind of the, the, the eyeballs that are up for grabs, that's what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you to a point. I, I I feel like you've got your you've got Warriors fans and you've got NRL fans, and the first group is a lot larger than the second. And and when I say NRL fans, I mean like the people that will watch every game on that weekend. And I feel like that number is relatively the same year on year, no matter what, how, how well or poorly the Warriors are doing. Um, the thing about bandwagons is there's always time to have a look off the bandwagon and check other things. Like the Warriors play one game a weekend, Super Rugby's got six, so you know. The, and given the the NRL, they're only on in prime time on the NRL, maybe once every sort of three four weeks. Um, that it's probably not going to be clashing too hard with what else is going on. So I mean, I think there's room for both. It's kind of everything else that suffers <laughs> in this this uh, situation. Like this is the issue that Super Rugby Opaki has, uh, is that it has to go against something when it when it um, when it gets broadcast. It's the it's the issue that the Phoenix have, uh, that it has to go against something when it gets broadcast. Uh, and it's a, it's something that the crickets managed to overcome, and by, by being on free-to-air uh, TV and having a really stacked um, uh, summer schedule. So I think that as long as Super Rugby can keep delivering the product that it did over the weekend, because like I said, that's probably the best weekend of Super Rugby uh, entertainment-wise we've seen in a long time. Like that was really really good, and if you if you can't see that, then I, I think there's probably going to be no. Uh, changing your mind over what rugby is as a spectacle these days. Uh, so I think, yeah, to answer your question, I think yes and no. Um, but I think that as long as both things are worth watching, people are going to watch it.
0: Makes sense. Good answer. Uh, Through you a low handball there. And you have been cleaned up by Geordie Barrett. Or well, you have avoided getting cleaned up by Geordie Barrett. Um, <laughs> off to the tribunal I go... Appreciate it, mate. Good work. We'll read you during the week at RNZ and we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Thanks, Lou.
1: Take it easy, mate.